Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB pro figure athlete turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. All right. Welcome back to The Fulfillment Project. I am your host, Sarah Fennell, and I have a rocking guest with me here today, Lauren Tickner. Hello. Thank you so much for having me and hello to all of the listeners. I'm super excited about being here and just sharing a ton of value here today. Your accent is totally the cutest. I love it. (laughs) All right. So I'm excited to introduce you to Lauren and everything that she is doing. I feel like our lives are so parallel with how we started with fitness and now we're both business coaches and she runs an awesome podcast herself called Impact School. And we're going to dive into all that and talk about business and life and high performance and what it takes to really achieve your goals and, and be fulfilled in that process. So Lauren, I'd love for you to give our listeners a little bit of a background. So where are you from? Because you have an awesome accent. And how did the journey of entrepreneurship start for you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm from England, as you may or may not have been able to tell from my accent. A lot of people do seem to think I'm from Australia, but no, definitely from the UK. And um, firstly, I just want to say like, I love the name of your podcast because for me, I kind of think when you're building your brand, building your business, I think it's important to have core values. And for me, two of my core values are, one of them is freedom and the second is fulfillment. Because I know how it feels to be in a job that from the outside makes you look successful, but is actually super, super unrewarding and you're going to work hating what you're doing every single day. So this was while I was building a fitness Instagram page. So I actually started a few years prior to that, this fitness page, which was back then called Lauren Fitness. (laughs) And it's because... I had lost weight in a really unhealthy way. I think the reason why people get into certain things, especially in fitness, is because they've been through something crazy. So a lot of people who are into weight training or who are so obsessed with fitness and health and wellness now are because they didn't used to be that way in their past. That's what I've found anyways. And so I lost weight in a really unhealthy way. I Googled one day how to lose weight because I stepped on the scale and I was weighing, I know that you guys do in like, pounds and stuff, but I was weighing in at like 10 stone 12. So that's like 140 pounds plus 12. So like 152 pounds or something. And for a girl who's like 15 years old, who's five foot four, like that was pretty heavy because we were, we were doing this thing in biology where my friends were weighing themselves and they were weighing like at least 30 pounds less than me. So you can imagine how that made me feel. So I just remember one day stepping on the scales and being like, how did this happen? Like, how did you get this way? You eat healthy. Like what, what's happened here? So I started, yeah, I went to Google. I was like, how to lose weight. And all I found was you need to be in a calorie deficit. You need to eat less calories than your body, than you burn. You need to burn more calories, sorry, than your body requires on a daily basis. And so I was like, right, okay, cool. So I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to jump on the cross trainer. And on the cross trainer, I'm going to get that calorie burn number to say 500. So I burn 500 calories. And I'm going to eat 300 calories a day because then I'm going to be in a small calorie deficit. Makes sense. (laughs) Unfortunately, 
I didn't understand human metabolism and I was just blindly following advice from somewhere like Cosmo or something. I didn't know anything about training and nutrition. And so as you can imagine, I lost weight rapidly. And so that was why I started to realize, okay, I need to actually focus on health. I need to learn how to be healthy rather than just focusing on being skinny. And so this is honestly when I found weight training, I found tracking macros. And uh, basically I became obsessed with evidence-based training and nutrition. And so that's why I started my fitness Instagram, which has now led to what I do today. Because if I'd never started that back then, I would not be doing what I'm doing today. And I just find it really interesting how these things that we do in our life that seem so maybe at the time awful or horrendous, or maybe even just quite irrelevant, they then become some of the key, the key cornerstones as to why we end up where we end up. And I just find it so crazy how this thing in my life that was so negative where I lost weight so rapidly, but not only that, it actually gave me panic disorder. So I was diagnosed with anxiety and put on beta blockers because my physical symptoms, like I basically couldn't last a full day in school without having a horrendous panic attack. And so it was awful. And I never wanted any other people to go through the same thing. And so, yeah, I started posting to Instagram and I was, I was just posting valuable content that I would have found useful when I was first starting. And I grew a following and I started having people ask me for coaching, but I was like, no, I don't want to do coaching. I need to go and get a good job because there's no money in the fitness industry (laughs) because that's what we're told, right? Where we see personal trainers who are capped at, I don't know, 30 grand a year, 40 grand a year. And so for me, I was like, no, I want to be really successful. I had friends, parents around me and my dad's done pretty well for himself as well. And so I knew that I wanted to do well for myself. Like I'd always been in that sort of like driven mindset. And so I'm grateful for that. (laughs) But anyway, so that was why at 18, I went and worked in investment management in a really good job in London that people my age would never have like imagined they could possibly get. And I was, I managed to get the job over and above people who had master's degrees in investment because they told me they saw something in me. And so (laughs) I went into that job and yeah, I absolutely hated it. And meanwhile, I was building my Instagram. I was focusing on providing value, doing everything for free. I was not earning a single penny or a single dime from any of that stuff. And um, then brands started approaching me, asking me, hey, Lauren, like if you wear our clothes, we're going to pay you 300 pounds, like 500 bucks for a post. (laughs) And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I was just so mind blown. I was like, hang on. And then you can make money online. Like, is this not a scam? And so I started doing it with the brands that I like. And from there, I was just like, whoa, this is so cool. Like I am earning money from wearing a pair of clothes and leggings and putting it on the internet. And my friends are like going and working in pubs for hours on end and I'm earning more than them. I was like, this is so crazy. But anyways, so just kind of uh, on that point, I think it's like so many people don't understand the possibilities and the opportunities that we have literally at our fingertips just from the internet. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful that I found out when I was so young because I have grown up with this. I am 22 right now. And I'm very, very fortunate that I figured it out. But at the same time, people my age, people even younger than me, even they don't get it. 
And it's like, you have to be open-minded for this. I used to be one of the most closed-minded people. My goal was always to work my way up the corporate ladder and become a female CEO of a FTSE 100 company, which is like the equivalent of the Fortune 100. I don't know what you guys are in Canada. Mm -hmm. But that was always my goal because that was the only way that I knew success to be. But when you can open your mind and not listen to the people around you who are telling you what to do, because guess what? Like they're living pretty basic and normal lives. Like for sure, they might have like a a nice house with a nice white picket fence and they might have like some nice dogs and and whatever. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but they, they aren't doing anything like special. And so we listen to people who are doing basic things but we don't want to do basic things. So it's like, why would you listen to those people? Why wouldn't you listen to the people who have done what you want to do? So that's been something that's massive for me. It's like only listening to criticism from people who are in a position where I want to be. And Mm. oftentimes you don't get criticism from them. You may get some sort of like constructive criticism and a helping hand, but rather than it being criticism, the criticism is always coming from below you. And that's something that allowed me to just totally change my entire mindset towards things because. When I was overweight, when I was younger, I used to get picked on. People used to call me Mackie D's. You can imagine how that made a young girl feel. Like I look back now and I'm like, okay, like that's kind of funny, but it's actually like how it made me feel like then was horrendous. It hurts your self-esteem and everything. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But like, it's just those people now, what are they doing with their lives? They aren't doing anything cool. Like they've just finished uni actually, and they've just gone and got these sort of graduate jobs whereby they're basically the person who's making coffee for everyone. And it's like, for sure, everyone does have to start somewhere, but it's like, just because everyone else is doing one thing doesn't mean you have to do it too. And so that's honestly been a big trend in my life that has allowed me to, and look, I don't by any means think I'm successful or anything, but it's allowed me to do more than what a lot of people my age are doing. And so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, a bit of a summary of how I got started. But I mean, that doesn't even mention any of the fitness coaching stuff, which we can go into if you'd like. But I think you did something so awesome from the beginning, which was you just wanted to help people and put out value. And I see see a lot of people nowadays who want an online business or that Insta-famous success or whatever people are, influencer. I hear that word all the time. I want to be an influencer. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) So, but I think those of us who have a desire to actually help people and share good content, you know, you start sharing that without there even being the end goal in mind. Like what you said, you were starting to share your journey and valuable content and you didn't even want to start a business. That was, that happened to me too in 2011. And, and I think like those are the people that can really go far with businesses. Like you have knowledge, skills, and ability that you just want to share with people, whether you're getting paid or whether you're getting not. And, and that's where the influence is going to come from. You know what's really interesting just on that. Um, so I was talking to one of my friends and I can't really remember what we were talking about, but he was basically telling me that like he really struggles when it comes to something such as like creating content. And I was like, I love making content. Like it's my favorite thing to do. Like I really enjoy making content. And he was like, yeah, but when I make content, like there's no direct kind of quick cash or there's no, there's no outcome that I see immediately. And I just started thinking about like (laughs) my life (laughs) got pretty deep, like just from such a random uh, comment. But I just started thinking, and I was like, it's so interesting because everything I do is free. Like I don't directly make money from doing that one thing. And it's like, 
the long-term mindset without focusing on instant gratification. It's like the whole deferred gratification thing. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that if you can have the mindset where you're only thinking about the long term, then it just allows you to win. And it's so fulfilling and it's so rewarding and it really allows you to just do what you want to do. And so that really was interesting to me because I never feel like I'm doing this because like, I want to make money because like I never do make, like, I don't know if I'm going to even make a sale. Like, and that's the crazy thing. And I think that's something that as an entrepreneur, you kind of have to think that way because for sure you can validate an idea, but I don't know. It's just a really interesting one. I love what you just said there. And it's funny. I actually had this exact same conversation with a client last week and she said, well, what do you know what to talk about on social media and what is left just for your clients? And I said, there is no in-between. Like I'm, you know, sitting here talking to you, Lauren, right now. It's not like I'm thinking I'm not getting paid for this, but this is just content. It's, you know, this is my life and it's your business. And when you're so passionate about what you're doing, it doesn't matter whether you're doing a YouTube video, a podcast, an Instagram post, coaching a client, you're giving value to the world. And in turn, that will all just come back to you. And I think some people try to put like boundaries on like, okay, now I'm getting paid and oh, I got to do this and I'm not making money right now. But like, that's not how an entrepreneur thinks at all. I think it's like the nine to five mindset, honestly, Mm -hmm. because when you're going, maybe not in some nine to five jobs, like when I was working in asset management, like, oh, there was no such thing. Like you were there at seven, the moment the stock market opened, you stayed there until 10 at night if you had to. But here's the thing, like when you're working a traditional like office job, or maybe you're like, I don't know, like a waitress or something. Oftentimes you have your set hours and in those hours, you're making an hourly pay Mm -hmm. and you're getting your wage. But in entrepreneurship, it's just, it's fundamentally not the same. And that's why you have to love what you're doing. Because if you don't love what you're doing, like you will get burned out. And so this is really interesting because for me, when I first actually started online coaching, I quit my job in asset management in, I think it was actually on the 1st of April. And then after three months of quitting my job, I was able to triple my salary that I was earning in that asset management job just within three months. That's so cool. How crazy. I was 19 years old. I was going at it alone. And the maddest thing is that I believe that that was possible. I'd spent three years putting out free fitness content on the internet. So for sure, like, you know, if I was to think about the three posts a day that I was making to Instagram back when the algorithm was different and like thinking about the hours I'd spent creating, the recipes that I was posting, the photos, the captions, like if I was to think about all those hours and turn it into an hourly wage, I would be broke. (laughs) But I didn't care because I was doing something that I loved. It was cool because I was then able to turn my passion into my purpose and my job. But guess what? In my asset management job, I told people around me, hey, I'm going to quit this job and I'm going to go all in on my fitness stuff. And they were like, you want to be a personal trainer? And I was like, no, I'm going to become an online fitness coach. And back then, you know, this is when online fitness coaching wasn't much of a thing. Now, it may have been over your side of the pond, still even here to this day, people don't get it. Like the mindset here in the UK is backward. Mm. But anyways, so um, (laughs) they told me, Lauren, like, you shouldn't mix your passion with your job because then you're going to be working and you're no longer going to have a hobby. And I was just like, oh, that is so true. And I let myself believe it for so long. And it's such a shame because again, it brings me back to that point. It's like, these people are people who are living for the weekend, who are 
working, they're earning good money. Like, don't get me wrong, in that industry, they earn a ton of money, but they are still living paycheck to paycheck and they're not fulfilled. And so when I quit my job and when I actually started the online coaching, it was the best thing I ever did because it's so cliche, but as I was working, I didn't feel like I was working. Like I was literally just like (laughs) doing what I was doing anyway, like throughout my day, just like creating a few workout plans and jumping on some calls with people who I got to help, like, which I would have done for free anyways. And so I just, (laughs) I tell you what, it's kind of funny. Like bearing in mind, I was 19. Okay. My favorite thing was that I could have a lion. Like I was not a productive person by then. I've done a lot of self-development since then. So I'd I'd have a lion, get out of bed at like nine and then (laughs) go to the gym. And I was on prep for bikini shows. So I would like walk to the gym for like 25 minutes, I'd train, I'd get back and have some food. And then by the time I was like done with all that, showered, like maybe read a book for a bit, it was like half two in the afternoon. (laughs) I was just like chilling. And then I was like, Hey, let's make a YouTube video. Cause like back then I really saw myself as like, okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see myself as like an online coach at the beginning. I saw myself more as of like full time. And, um, anyways, and so <laughs> by the time I start working on my online coaching stuff, it would be like five at night just before dinner. I do it. And then I do it for like an hour or so a day, but it was just so cool because I loved it so much. Yeah, <laughs> and like I was just, yeah. I was just like having a chill out time, you know? And I just think that it's crazy because I'm just like, if I knew then what I know now, imagine how well I could have done. I was, I was so like that too, though. Like once you kind of start, you have to, after going from such a structure of like nine to five or showing up for work for somewhere, you have to be accountable to yourself. And sometimes like that took me a year to learn for myself when I quit my nine to five as well. And the day gets away from you so fast. You're like, oh shit, it's like halfway through the day. I should probably do something. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know. Well, the craziest thing for me was because then I went and started university like in October of that same year. And um, <laughs> like, by the way, guys, just to give you the, the closure on the story, I ended up going, it was the UK's number one business degree, right? I ended up going and like sitting in the classes the whole time I was on my laptop, just like working on like, I, well, I started actually selling low ticket eBooks, which was the worst mistake ever. Like I wish I'd stuck to the high ticket coaching, but I've learned now, unfortunately, like I can share that message with my clients and on my podcast and to everyone. So listeners don't try sell tons of eBooks. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's talk about this then okay, okay. because I am so on board with you, but a lot of wait, people wait, think, can I quickly tell them? I yeah. dropped out of uni, by the way, guys, after one year, because I was studying business, right? But I already had my own business. And what really annoyed me was that the lecturers who were teaching us, they had never had their own businesses. And I was like, how can you be teaching me business, but you, like, you've never had your own, your own business? It didn't make sense. So I dropped out. But yeah, ebooks, let's talk about them. So a lot of people think I'm going to create this thing that I never have to do any work for again. Passive income. Passive income. Yeah. Residual income. And then that lots and lots of people are just going to buy this and they're going to make lots of money. So why is that not a good thing? Okay. So, I mean, loads of people buying and making loads of money. I mean, that could be a good thing if you're selling something that's changing lives, but I don't really necessarily think that an ebook is going to change the lives of everyone who buys. It's low ticket. People buy it and it kind of sits on the shelf. Now, I had a big following, right? When I saw these eBooks, I was actually very not fortunate because I believe, you know, you make your own luck, but I started selling eBooks kind of before 
everyone started selling them. And so I've actually managed to sell over 5,000 ebooks, which is kind of cool. They were like in dollars amount, I don't know in like US dollars, but in in pounds, one of them was 45 and then one of them was 50, I think. So, you know, that was like a lot of money and bearing in mind I was young. So for me, I was fortunate enough to like have that situation where I did make a lot from... I say not doing too much, but let me just tell you right now, one of them I wrote was called The Ultimate Guide to Tracking Macros. That took me over a year to write. <laughs> but you also look at, it's not just the, the content you created for that. It's the content you created to get that following and to grow that relationship with exactly. like, that huge following that you have. It's, it's the work you've done over the years to be able to earn that. Yes. I love that you mentioned that actually. Thank you. So why is, why are ebooks not good? Well, let's think about, let's look at an example, ebook, 20 bucks for simplicity's sake versus coaching program that lasts 12 weeks for what what would you what should, what amount should we go with like what sort of price are your listeners charging because like I tell them like do high ticket so I could say something like two grand but I don't know yeah I mean you're yeah. looking at a client if you can get a couple thousand dollars from a client as opposed to twenty dollars and you're not even building a relationship with them and you're not even part of their transformation and, yeah. I, and I think a part of like why we go into coaching too is we enjoy seeing people's Change. transformation on the other side of it. And just a digital product doesn't give us that at all. Exactly. And so just on this topic, something that I found to be really interesting was that when I was selling all these eBooks, I didn't feel the impacts of the lives I was changing because for sure, like, you know, if you go on the hashtag strength feed now, which is like the, the, the hashtag for the eBook, there's nearly 200,000 posts on that, which is mental. But like, it's just really, it's really interesting because like, obviously I never really realized I was changing these lives until I'd go to an event and people would be like, Oh my gosh, this ebook was amazing. But that was rare. Cause I built such a big community around that whole movement. But let's just illustrate this. So $20 ebook, you make it one time. They buy it one time, then two grand, like, you know, that could then become recovering because they could do 12 weeks and then buy another 12 weeks and another 12 weeks. So let's just say they stay with you for a year. That would be like 6K versus 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. And um, people always say like, you need to have a funnel, like this low ticket tripwire thing and all that. And it's like, I was definitely a victim of getting obsessed with internet marketing before I became Me too. So I was so there. Before I became obsessed with client delivery and giving my clients results. And so it's really fascinating because what I've learned, especially in the past couple of months, is that the more simple your business, the better. Literally, like I'm now at the stage where I'm just like, okay, I'm going to have one product. I'm going to take that to at least a hundred grand a month before I move on to the next thing. And so I've stripped back everything. I've stopped selling courses that I was selling and I have one core program, a high ticket program. And then on the back end of that, there is like a retainer for people to stay in the group coaching calls. But like, you know, don't need anything more and don't need to complicate it. So anyway, I really need to hammer this point home about the eBooks because I know that people listening, especially if they're fitness, health, mindset, wellness, like they're like, I really just want an eBook. And I'm like, if you want a bloody ebook, make an ebook, but give it away for free and get emails addresses, you know? Yeah. Like that's just about the only time I'd say do it. But like rather than it even being like an ebook, make it sort of like an interactive workbook that people can actually use and implement mm-hmm. <laughs> and make sure that you have like backend emails that's forcing them to like actually engage with it. Or maybe like you're using a messenger bot or something. Like I think that just on the ebook thing, 
if you sell to, let's say you have 5,000 followers on Instagram and you sell to what 5% of them. Yeah. I don't know what that is. How many is that? That's like, yeah. I'm not a math girl either. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, there's no, for the work that it puts into creating it for such a small audience, there's yeah. no point. No, there's really no point. Like yeah. it's, you're, way, you're wasting your time. And that time, now my whole mindset is like, that time could be time that I could be on sales calls. I just honestly think that, yeah, like, please just take it from us yeah. who've been yeah. there, who've made the mistake, <laughs> or you, you don't have to. So you went from fitness coaching now into business coaching and helping people run online businesses. Why did you decide to make that shift or what was that decision-making process in your head? Yeah, so it's a really good question because I made a, while I was a fitness coach, I made a podcast called Business Meets Fitness, right? And like, it was because I just, I love business. That was why I went to uni for business. And like, I was just so amazed about how I'd been able to like create my own online business. And I'd always had people asking me, like, Lauren, how did you build your brand? How did you build your business? Because I really did create like a big movement in the fitness industry with the hashtag strength feed, especially with like younger girls. And so it was really interesting because like I was all about evidence-based training and nutrition. Like I always like did, you know, in all my eBooks and stuff, there's like links to studies and things like that. Like I was like one of those people, (laughs) one of those like- You geeked out. You're like, I'm going to give it to (laughs) y'all. 100%. Yeah, that was me. It was just really interesting because like when I would get invited to speak at expos, like fitness expos, they would ask me to speak about like social media. And I was always like really intrigued by that. And it just kind of interested me because I didn't necessarily see that I was doing anything special. It was just that I was, I get really obsessed. I don't know about you. I feel like we're very similar, but like, and probably the listeners of this podcast, like I feel, I actually uh, heard this like study how podcast listeners are like, See, I'm telling you about like some study here. <laughs> how podcast listeners on average earn like, I can't remember how much more percent it is than like other people, but they earn like a considerable amount more money than like other people. And I just find it interesting because it just goes to show like the type of people that listen to a podcast. So hats off to you podcast <laughs> But anyways, so yeah, like I'd be asked to speak about that type of thing. And I was like, this is really interesting. Like, I wonder why they're asking me to talk about this. Like, because... I know so much more about fitness and, and training and nutrition than all these other people who are talking about But it's about funny because you don't realize, you're like, I'm just like doing what I'm supposed to do to grow my brand line. And you don't realize that other people have no idea how to even do that. Exactly. So this brings me on to the point of which like, it's so easy to when you're perhaps first starting out as a coach online or when you're first building your online business to think like, but I can't possibly charge money for that because like, it's so obvious. But it's like, what's obvious to you is mind-blowing to other people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, basically, kind of the pivotal moment for me was I was basically did my first year in uni. And then after my first year at university, like I had to do a placement and the placement lasted, it was supposed to last for three months <laughs> after a month and a half, I quit. But anyways, on that placement, I was working at this company, which was an influence marketing agency. And so while I was working there, like, I just really realized that like all the influencers who were doing the brand campaigns, they didn't have a business. Like all they had was brand campaigns here and there. They were earning like, you know, a few grand a month just from doing brand deals. And that was it. They didn't do anything else. And so I just realized like, hang on, I have created this fitness coaching business. And like people are asking me how I did it. And then the pivotal moment for me was like when I quit that job, I went 
which meant I had to drop out of uni at the same time. I went to America with my friend and uh, I was writing another ebook. <laughs> and she was just so confused about email marketing. And so I was like teaching her it. And she was just like, Lauren, like, you have taught me so much this week. Like, I have learned so, so much. I'm going to start fitness coaching. And she started fitness coaching. And she was like, this is amazing. Like, she got her first couple of clients while we were there. And I was just like, hang on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, I started like Googling, like, online coaching, coaching companies. <laughs> and I couldn't find anything. Like, obviously, I know now that there are so many people that do yeah. what we do. Like, I was just so intrigued. So that was when I kind of started selling courses. Now, I was really interested at this time in internet marketing. And so like I found out from like Pat Flynn and Amy Porterfield and David Simon Garland and all these names, like online courses, online courses, online courses. Yeah. So I started selling online courses and it was amazing. Like I was, it was just incredible. But what really upset me was that again, like the eBooks, people were investing and this time they were investing like a grand or more, but they still weren't completing it or getting the results I wanted them to get. So literally within the past like couple months, I've, that was why I stripped out my entire business, changed everything to go back to what I was doing before, which is the online coaching, yeah. <laughs> but just in a different niche. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it's just been a very interesting journey and I find it so funny how it's just like come full circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think like, I think you have such a, an amazing open mindset because so many people can box themselves in and you saw that, okay, like these online courses aren't solving the problem that it's meant to solve. And it's not just about making money. It's, you know, you want your people to be actually getting a result. And the reality is most people who buy something online don't do anything with it, unfortunately. So there needs to be the coaching and, and it helps you build a better community and relationship with your clients anyways. I could not agree more. And the sort of model that I follow now is just really transformative because I have got to the stage now where personally I can't do all the one-on-one coaching myself. So it's like I've brought on other coaches. Now, I had so much resistance to this when I was a fitness Ooh, coach. I'm interested in this, yes. I had so... like what Because fitness coaches have massive resistance because it's really interesting. Fitness is like a religion, you know? You have your way of doing things. You know, I was like a track micros do intermittent fasting and I do weight training. When I was fitness coach, I was like, nothing else. If you try and tell me that I need to do intuitive eating or that I need to, you know, do cardio, like I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. And that was kind of how it was. Like I was not open-minded back then. And so I didn't want to have coaches because I was like, they'll never be as good as me. But what I've realized now as I've switched from being a coach to an actual CEO and like a, a business owner is like, oh no, I can definitely bring on coaches and I just train them up on my methods. And guess what? These coaches are going to bring in their own methods that are 10 times better than mine because they're in their zone of genius. And it has been so amazing to see my business run while I'm on holiday, on vacation, traveling the world. And my clients are still getting amazing results because my coaches are so bloody awesome and they know exactly how to change people's lives that they can do work better than me. Guess what? Like I am better at sales than I am at coaching people one-on-one because I say it how it is. I'm to the point. You might have noticed this in this podcast episode. So when it comes to coaching, I'm really good at coaching like high level people because that's the strategy that I'm using right now in my business. But when it comes to the how to start online coaching, which is what I'm now focusing on as that one product. Like I said, like with that, 
people who have just been there just recently in the past couple of years, who some of my coaches have been through my programs, they are better at coaching the people who are now just starting. Yeah. And it's really cool to see because like when I'm trying to coach people who are trying to, I don't know, create a one-on-one coaching offer, like for me, that's almost mind numbing now because I want to work with people who are trying to get to like, I don't know, their first six figures rather than their first like five figures, you know? So yeah, that's kind of, it's it's just noticing like where your time is best spent too. And I have a question. So with you hiring on coaches now and being able to give up that control and, and see that some people, you know, can do things better than you or they're better suited there. Do you think that's also an evolution and a maturity within yourself as well? Oh my gosh, absolutely. A hundred percent. And it's like focusing on a growth mindset versus like just thinking of it as like a bit of side cash. When I first started online coaching when I was younger, like a few years ago, I literally just saw it as sort of like a bit of cash. I didn't Mm -hmm. see it as a business. Whereas now I'm seeing this as like a true training company rather than like Lauren Tickner just like helping a few people build that business just making a bit of money so that she can go travel the whole time like because <laughs> that's the mindset shift that has to happen I think to build like a true true company mm-hmm. yeah I'd love to talk about high performance obviously you are a driven woman who is doing awesome things and you know you're still so young and so much ahead of you have you ever suffered from burnout I think this is an interesting one so when it comes to burnout I think that burnout happens when you are out of alignment with not necessarily like the vision and the mission, but when you're out of alignment of like the day-to-day tasks. The operation. Yeah. So when I'm trying to operate in those things where it's not my strongest point, that is when I feel burnt out. Now, I don't believe I've ever been burn out but I for example this past week has been exhausting for me like you can see those bags under my eyes if you're (laughs) watching this now like it's because this week I've been doing one-on-one strategy calls with everyone in one of my programs um because it was like a bonus I did and so that's been knackering for me because I find these calls so tiring because like it is not my biggest biggest zone of genius like put me in a group call and I am good put me on a sales call and I'm I could be talking all day people who are starting their business like that's why I have my coaches and so yeah like it's really interesting so that has made me feel very tired like talking Mm -hmm. I'm very introverted so when it comes to burnout I think managing your what you focus on as the entrepreneur is fundamental so that you're not spending your time on doing the things that you're not the best fit for. Yeah. So what would burnout um, look like or feel like for you? Just to give our listeners a little bit of a, an insight on that. If they're yeah. like, what the heck is burnout? I think it's just like when I feel really, I just don't want to do anything. Like I just want to chill. But then when I chill, I can't chill. So it's like a bit mm. of a problem because it's like, I, I'm like, oh, I'm just so tired. Like, all I want to do is just like sit and just like sit <laughs> or just like go see my friends or something. But then it's like, I'm too tired to go see my friends. And if I chill, I, I can't do that. Like, I'm really bad at that. So it's a really good question because whenever I think about burnout, like I find it hard to talk about because I don't know that I've ever really had it. 
Mm-hmm. I just because yeah. I I I really like, I know it sounds hard for some people to relate to, but I just really love what I do. Like I really love it. Like even the parts that I don't enjoy too much, I do still love it because I just think like in my head the whole time, I get to do this. I was in the gym a couple of days ago, like doing the first time I'd done squats for a while because I was on holiday for like a couple of weeks and I couldn't squat while I was away. And I was like trying to do these squats and I was like, oh, I hate this so much. I just want to go home. And then I just looked out and I just was like, I looked at the time. It was like 10 in the morning. I was like, three years ago, you were in an office. You were hating what you were doing. You would have dreamt of being in the gym right now. And it just made me realize like, wow, this is amazing. And then that whole day I was like, I had a smile on my face. I literally was like texting all my friends, like just because to start conversations with people I hadn't spoke to for ages. And I was just in such a good mood. And that day it started off, I was in such a bad mood. And it was so simple. All I had to do was think like, this is so cool. Like for example, right now, here in the UK, it's 5.17 on a Tuesday afternoon. And like most people don't finish work. And well, in my old job, like I don't know about you, but I didn't finish most days. I wouldn't get home until half a.m. at night because I had to get the train and everything. And so like, I'm chilling. Like, yeah, this is, um, this is just like amazing. Well, it's all about so, perspective, right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So burnout, it happens like for sure. It's like when you overtrain in the gym, you know, like it happens. So it's all about fatigue management. It's all about task management and it's all about protecting your energy as an entrepreneur, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So you travel a lot. We had actually met almost a year ago at Bedros Koulian and Craig Ballantyne's mastermind down in Chino Hills there. And you were doing, I think, a 30 or 60 day travel through the States? Yeah, no, it was actually, it was actually three months. Three months, three months. No, awesome. I'm only, I don't know about you, but I'm only allowed to stay there for three months because of like the visa thing. Gotcha. We got six months we can be down there for. But, well then. Yeah. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't taken that offer up yet though. <laughs> Getting there. So you travel a lot. How do you balance and manage, you know, working while you're traveling? Yeah, I just, I just do it, man. Like <laughs> I just, there's just no, there's nothing really different I don't find when I'm traveling like it's just the same it's just I'm somewhere else so I think it's just about realizing that when you have an online business or any other business like you need to get your stuff done now of course when you get to the stage where you can hire people that's amazing but at the beginning like when I met you I only had a couple of people that were working with me and actually that's really interesting because that was after I had just made my first like few hires and so I the first thing I outsourced was editing my YouTube videos because back then I was uploading like three times a week and so I did that and then I had like another guy come in to do sort of like operations like back end sort of like techie things but honestly I just think that when you're traveling, like just know what needs to get done and realize like if you're traveling, like as in for a long time, it's just the same as if you were at home. Whereas if you specifically say, right, this is a vacation, then maybe you don't want to be working every day. You might take some days fully off. I personally don't because I just, I find it hard to chill out and relax. And maybe that's because I'm still young and because I'm still like a little puppy, you know, who's just like excited about everything. (laughs) But I know for sure as time goes on that it's going to be important to, while traveling, 
make sure that the team has everything they know what they need to do and they can just do it without me being there and it's cool because like that is happening now I'm like I'm on slack and I'm like seeing them talking to each other like getting all this stuff done I'm just like this is so cool it's like it still blows my mind but yeah like traveling Well, I think you made a good point about the mindset. It's the intention. It's like, I'm running a business, like shit needs to get done. It's not an off switch for you. And when you love what you do, you don't necessarily need a vacation from your life. You're just taking your life on the road with you. Exactly. Like, honestly, that's how I see it. Like taking your life on the road. And yeah, I I love exploring new places. And I love that it could be, I don't know, a Wednesday. And I could just be like walking around LA for like all day. In the morning, I've done like an hour of work. In the evening, I'm just going to like catch up on my emails and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I could do that for the whole week. And then maybe the next week I'm in Vegas and I'm just like on my laptop the whole time because I don't want to go outside because it's too hot anyway. <laughs> and like that kind of thing, you know, so yeah. it's just like, it's just realizing as well that when you own a business, your input or your team's input when you get to a certain level is like how fast the business is going to move forward. If I don't work, it just means I might just stay where I am right now for a bit longer. Like nothing bad's going to happen, you know, but that never really happens because I love to work. Good, good. And how do you find managing, you know, because your boyfriend, James, that's his name, right? James? Yeah. Yes, James. He runs a business as well. It's not the same business. And, you know, with two entrepreneurs in the house, how is that? Yeah, I mean, it's great because I could honestly like I really could not be in a relationship with someone who doesn't have the same entrepreneurial drive oh yeah it's hard yeah Yeah, like because you can kind of talk about what's going on and like the other person will like get it you know like I can talk about oh my funnel like and like they understand and like they can relate and have empathy and I think that for me, like it's brilliant. For some people, they may not like that so much. They may want to separate their work and their life. But for me, I don't mind like integrate it as much. I think it's important to like also talk about other things, but we do that anyways. I do think that it's hard to like chill out sometimes because like, especially for me, like I'm, I'd say I'm more like on the go and more entrepreneurial. And so for me to sometimes say like, oh no, like we can't like go watch a movie or something because I need to take this call or because I need to do this thing. Like, I think it's just important to think about how the other person is going to feel and realize like that you need to make them a priority (laughs) because like realistically, like the biggest priority rather than your business, like is your relationships. Like, and I think it's important to just have perspective on that. Yeah. Now I saw like when we saw you down in California there, he was helping you film some videos and I've seen on your stories, he's like doing some back end stuff when you're on webinars. So do you guys support each other in your businesses? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's fundamental. Like <laughs> if, I mean, who would take my photos? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously. We all need the Instagram boyfriends. <laughs> no, for sure. So I think, I think that you have to, you have to, like, it's push and pull, really. Like, you know, they are going to support you if you support them. Like, you should want to. It's like, if they were working in a job, you'd want to support them if they went for a promotion and things like that. And just like reaching the next level. So, I mean, yeah, like, absolutely. Amazing. Good, good. I don't want to take up too much of your time. We're going to wrap up. And I always finish the episode with one question. But before we get to that, where can we find you, creep you? Where can everybody find out everything about Lauren? 
Yeah, just go to my podcast, maybe. It's called Impact School. One thing that I absolutely love is like when people, when I go on someone's podcast or when like I do a podcast or whatever, it's like, I think honestly, something that the listeners can do to share value with their people, even if they don't focus on building a brand on social, even if not, it's like taking a screenshot and just like sharing it on their story, tagging both of us, but sharing their biggest golden nugget. Because then like I share it as well and I'm sure you will too. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing, sharing it is amazing. But like if you can share what the biggest golden nugget is, then people are going to be like, whoa, like that looks interesting. I'm going to go listen. Mm-hmm. So if you have a podcast, any listeners, that's a sneaky, sneaky hack for you there. Yeah, but yeah like um, it's just cool because then you can start a conversation with people and just like find out about what they liked. And yeah, mm-hmm. so then my Instagram is Lauren Tickner, L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-C-K-N-E-R. And um, I'm really big on LinkedIn at the moment as well. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Good. Uh, I love what you said there about sharing, um, especially the biggest takeaway, because as content creators, you know, we're always coming up with ideas. We're sitting down, we're talking about things, but learning or hearing what our listeners really love helps us create more content around that. Yeah. Beautiful. Exactly. It helps us help you. Yes. So this is a fulfillment project and I always finish with one question. What does fulfillment mean to you? For me, it's waking up every single day, doing something that I love, working on something that is helping change people's lives. Mm, I love that. I love that. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lauren. I'm so excited that we finally got to connect. (laughs) Yeah. And any last words for our listeners here before we end off? Honestly, I think it's just about realizing that if someone else has done the thing that you want to do, you can do it too. And so it's just like going out there and actually making it happen rather than waiting for the perfect time because there's no such thing. Mm, Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Honestly, shows and podcasts like this are not possible without you. So I have so much gratitude for my listeners. You freaking rock. If you want to find me over on Instagram, I am sarah.fennel. Tag me in a post. Let me know what your favorite episode is. Hit me up with a DM. I will always write you back. Shows like this are not possible without ratings and reviews. So if you feel so moved, please write me an honest comment, an honest review, and let us know what you think of the show. 